Yes, people, it is Wednesday, which means it's time for another episode of Echoes from the Void, people. And, um, yeah, you know, we we keep up with the controversial motherfucking conversations because that's what we do. But, people, when we get to the bear story, whoo, I think your mind is going to be blown. It's going to be blown, people. But another week, right? We, um, we're talking about social media here, right? So um, Instagram have come out and said they are changing their algorithm, right? Because, you know, they're saying that, oh, people are accusing them of bias in regards to the recent conflict in the Middle East and the news that was getting reported right and i kind of think to myself right because they're like oh no the, the people are sharing stories of support and you know that wasn't always showing because our algorithm is there to try and push new stories rather than reshared stories which i get but you kind of think to yourself Surely, right? We, because this isn't the first time. You know, during the elections, they're like, oh yeah, you know, we've we've realized that these two algorithms are doing this and we need to change this and blah blah blah. Right? Why not give people the choice? Instead of having a fixed algorithm in there, right? There's supposedly these things, right? They get all our cookie information, they can push to us trainers that we looked at uh, uh, an hour or so before they can do things like that so surely you can have a system where it's be like i want only news from my area i want news from my country i want news from you know this region surely you can have things like that or you can be like just you know maybe uh, uh, an option stick with the, the normal algorithm you know or custom your algorithm like why not that why not that then you're then people can get the news that they actually want because there's people that want to be in that echo chamber don't want other things and other people want everything want to mix so why not give people those options you know it's kind of weird that we keep on going through these fucking cycles keep on going through these cycles you know what i mean it it, is crazy and what you know another thing that i kind of find is crazy people is so bafta came out right and said that they're putting a hold to their special prizes so, you know, you find it with all award ceremonies. They do their normal categories, but then there's also a, an award that gets given to someone, and they usually say, for a compliment 
in um, this industry. You know, it's usually something like that, right? So after this year, they gave a prize to Noel Clark, and then they took it away once all these allegations came out. And um, they're like, oh yeah, you know, we, we need to look at our processes and things like that. You've then got, you know, Danny Matheson, you know, going, he's going to court on three charges of rape, right? And the one thing that I never, never see talked about, right, is, is the people higher up who know about all of this stuff, but don't do anything. You know, because it's just like whenever the news comes out to the general public, you then have everyone come go, oh, I'm I'm shocked, I'm against it. Oh, we're no longer representing that person, and oh, that uh, we pulled that person's projects. But you kind of think to yourself, right? There's people at these organisations that knew all of this stuff. There's no way they didn't. Remember, like, remember when Cosby, all of that dropped. Like, there's people that be like, yeah, it, it was the rumor around, right? That's why it dropped because Hannibal Barris came out and was like, you know, Cosby's a piece of shit, right? So, I want to know, yeah, like, all of these things are happening, but the people that ignore all of this information, the people that cover all of this up. Nothing ever happens to them. And I'm just a bit like, what about that? Does they're as bad, if not worse? If not worse, because they're covering shit up, right? And it's a thing, you know, it's a thing with Weinstein, it's a thing with any of this shit. But those people, the people up in these organisations, in the HR, in the law departments, all of that, who are dealing with these complaints and don't tell anyone. I'm like, how is it they never get in trouble? You know what I mean? That's what I want to know. But I don't have answers, people. So let's get into this week's episode and try and give you answers on all of these odd topics that are coming up. All right, so sit back and let's fly. Florida's Ronda Santos is in the news again, people, and this time it is um, for signing in a bill that bans, well, I mean, let, let's be true, it, 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 the, the bill essentially says that um, to compete in female sports, you have to have been born female, right? That that's that's now the law in Florida. 
And there's a lot of people that have come out against it. I Look, we've spoken about this before. It's an interesting situation, right? It's an interesting situation. And I, look, I wouldn't say, you know, I think, as I've said, look, where it comes to a, a non-contact sports, right? I think non-contact sports, you should, you should be, that should be fine in the context of, right, just playing, just playing, having fun, enjoying that sport, but I kind of, I do believe when it comes to scholarships, right, scholarships and medals, it's tricky, it's a tricky one, because we, we definitely know that, you know, men are, there's a difference, there's a difference between men and women, hence, you've got male sport, female sport, you know, the men's 100 metres, the women's 100 metres, the men's javelin, the women's javelin, and when we look at those results, there is a clear gap, there is a clear gap between the two, the fastest man in the world is significantly faster than the fastest woman, right? The, the longest javering throw for a man, significantly longer than that of a woman. Pole jumping, men's jumping higher. You know, long jumping is the same. In all of these things, there is a difference. Power lifting, the heaviest weight lifted by a man, significantly more than a woman, Right? These are things, you can't deny these things, right? Can't deny them. So, to, to have a, a, a trans female compete, which we've seen in the weightlifting, and smash, smash all the records... You gotta look at that, and you you have to under you you can't deny the repercussions of that situation. You can't deny that there is a definite, clear advantage there, even with testosterone dropping. Because it's a shown thing that women that take steroids for a period of time. Even once stopped taking those steroids, still have a level of advantage, right? Because your system changes. Your system changes, right? So that would then clarify the fact that even with your testosterone dropped down slightly, there's still an advantage. Your, your your muscles are still bigger. Your lung capacity is still greater. These things don't shrink, right? They don't change. Like, the body is the body. Now, hormones and all of that kind of stuff, you can help to alter those, but the body is still the 
body internally right and that's the problem because you will have all these women who have trained all their lives have these dreams then they that no longer matters they will no longer be able to win those records to win those medals to get those scholarships to be able to compete right which definitely not fair on them now as i say it's a tricky thing because when you have people that are born in the wrong bodies right who you know from the giddy up they realize ah oh, man this isn't me i'm meant to be someone else it is that's not their fault right that's not their fault so you you want to try and create a system that is fair on them as well but right you you can't do it at the expense of can't do it at the expense of so whether you create a a new category right when competing you know so you can have some like that athlete can still win a medal but it will then be a medal within this category right you know and that world that record isn't against the women's record it's a separate kind of record it's a record of an asterisk right i think that would be a way of doing it but then you can't have groups come out against it right because what about the women right so this is the thing because you have a lot of people obviously who have come out against the bill Right, saying we're going to challenge it, it's not fair, it's all of this, you know, one being a Carlos G. Smith, you know, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, like, no one's talking about the women, right, which is, is interesting, Right, I I find this interesting because it's just like when you have everyone going, oh, I'm this ally, I'm this ally, I'm this ally, I'm this ally, I'm against this, I'm against discrimination. Then it's just like, but that's discriminating, right? So I- instead of being like, oh no, it, it it's allowing everyone to do anything, boom, 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 regardless of let work something out, right, I I see none of these people trying to work anything out, like, trying to pretend that there isn't an advantage, when there is an advantage, and it's not to say, as I said, look, people who have been born in the wrong bodies, right, it's not to say that they're trying to do anything shady, right, there's plenty of people that aren't trying to do anything shady, but you know there's going to be some that do. You mean there's definitely going to be people that try and do something shady, and you can't say there's not. You can't say there's not, because we live in a world where there's drug cheats. You know what I mean? We live in a world where there's drug cheats, where there's national programs 
to benefit cheating. You know, like, hey, if you haven't watched Icarus, people, go watch Icarus. It's on Netflix, and it's great. But it shows, you know what I mean, the levels people will go to cheat. So, to have that, you cannot say there's not going to be people that try and circumvent the system. Can't say that. So, you have to try and make it fair for women. Right? So... That's the thing I find kind of very interesting about this whole thing Because everyone is always like Oh, this is discriminative This is unfair This is But it's just like whoa, whoa. But what about the other people That suffer as well From What you want to do Right, so how about Trying to work something else out Try to work out Something that you know, it, it, it can help everyone, right, because that's not what I'm seeing, you're just seeing people like, oh, well, I'm fighting this, and I stand for this, and I, regardless of, which is, is a little short-sighted, you know what I mean, it's a little short-sighted, right, I'm, it, it, it's, it's like, um, when people say, you know, the stupidness like, believe all women, right? Believe all women, or, um, yeah, you, you have to support all black people. Uh, you know what I mean? People say stupid shit like that. When, you know, you've got that woman in Australia who has been arrested on... Multiple counts of fraud and trying to kidnap some kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just like, well, that's one woman you're not gonna believe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's women that do lie about rape, right? You can't just have these blanket statements like, oh, I believe all women and I back all of this, right? Because, yeah. I'm I'm always against discrimination, you know, barriers and things like that. But it, I think you know you can look at all the protests that took place last year, and look the people that were legitimately protesting, and there were people that were out trying to get shit, right, with all the looting and stuff like that. So. <laughs> you you can't blanket statement these things And that's what people are trying to do When it comes to um, trans women acts in sport Right, it's a blanket statement that No, no, no Everyone should be able to compete And it's crazy It is crazy And I haven't seen anyone yet Try, just try and come up with a solution that can kind of cover it all Or, or you know, and it's not to say there is one, right? Because I don't know if there is But there's not even the, the want to have a discussion on that Because if you mention 
the oh, it's a little unfair. You're an you're you're a bigot. <laughs> you're all of a sudden you're a bigot. You're discriminative. You're all these little flash words people want to throw up. So um yeah, you know I I I think it is a good move from DeSantis, right? And I think discussion should be had. I think discussion should be had. You know? I don't know if they will. Right? I don't know if they will. It's funny because the human rights campaign have said that they're going to um, challenge the measure in court. Right? They're going to challenge it. Calling it false discriminative premise. Right? Which is just like, wait, what are you talking what are you talking about? Doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, and you kind of would think human rights campaign should be looking at everyone. Right? You, not just a group, but everyone. Which, hey, doesn't seem to be the thing. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't have the answers but you would hope that all of these people in these jobs, all of these people making this money, could at least sit down and try and work something out, try and have discussions, which it doesn't seem that they will. But uh, we can only hope, right? Well, mental health is in the news. I mean... Yeah, I think it's fair to say it's in the news, right? I mean, it's it's kind of getting discussed. Well, I guess it depends what news you're looking at. <laughs> if you are a tennis fan, then yes. Yes. Then you will understand, right? Because right now the French Open is taking place. And it's taking place without the world number two, Naomi Osaka. Right, because Asaka withdrew. Now it all started because, um, yeah, Osaka she won her opening um match, but she was like, I'm not doing the press conference, and didn't. <laughs> you know, she got fined, and then the French Open were like, Listen, if you wanna skip. All the other press conferences, we might just kick you out because this shit ain't going right now. Then she kind of reveals, Oh, my mental health, man. I can't do this. I've got depression. I'm withdrawing. And then everything changes. Everything changes, and it's very. In, I th- I think this is a very interesting thing because there are a lot of two faced people up in this shit, man. There's a lot of two faced people up in this, right? And it's interesting how the situation is getting talked about and looked at because, I mean, firstly, a lot of people are blaming the French Open. Right, people are blaming the French Open, and you know, saying how terrible they are for what they did. 
I think a few people have said that Oscar Osaka her um her wording could have been better, right? But I think most people are blaming the French Open. And I I think when you look at this, right? Both parties both parties could have been better. Both parties could have been better. Now, I get what the French Open I get how why they came out on her. Right? Because listen, you've got this big tournament, right? Big tournament. They're trying to get it rocking. And if the world number two withdraws, right, doesn't play ball, other players might go, hold on, if she's not doing press conferences, why the fuck am I? And then everyone stops doing them, right, which, problematic, problematic, and... I'm sure there is something in terms and agreements that the French Open sign with a lot of their um, media partners, right? That, you know, they have to make available the talent, blah, 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 blah. there's, There's the money, all the money that gets made from, you know, the, the TV screenings, from the radio, Right, just from all of those different things from magazines, just then it's just all the branding partners and sponsorship deal with everything. There is money involved. Plus, remember, a lot of these tournaments didn't go on last year. You know what I mean? Like a lot of these things got cancelled. So there's people that lost their jobs, there's just situations, it's yeah, all a big mess, all a big mess, so when you have someone go, I'm not doing it, and on the day of, right, it's not like, you know, uh, 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 weeks before this was said, no, it's the day of, that's when it's getting dropped, right, so it's a bit like, ah, oh, they were panicking, and they put out, a strongly worded, um, a strongly worded uh, statement, which, you know, not the best statement, right, but, but, here's the thing, it's not necessarily the, the worst statement, right, it's not necessarily the worst statement, because when you take into consideration everything involved, and when they don't know all the information, right, so there is that, now Asaka, right, I think initially she's like, I don't want to do these media obligations, because my mental health, that's a pretty broad thing, that's a pretty broad thing to say, and, like, it could mean anything, right, I I, I think the issue with some of this stuff, some of the things that affect people in this day and age, you, you have to give a bit more detail, right, because mental health can, that can go from just, 
I didn't get much sleep to, you know, oh, I've, I've been thinking about killing myself, right, there's so many different layers to this thing, right, and I think a, a large portion of society have issues, right, that they're dealing with, you know, there's all manner of things, you know, people have, you know, like, say, lost their job, or maybe a relationship has ended, someone they love died, you know, just, there's all these different things that factor in, you know, maybe their neighbours are being really just uncooperative, uncooperative, playing music loud into the night, you know, there's just a whole heap of issues, right, new babies, new kids, just stuff like that, there's all, you know, postnatal depression, which hits males and females, right, all all these different things, but no one knows, no one knows, Unless you tell people, right? Unless you tell people, no one knows. So, on Monday, I think it is, um, Osaka came out and said, look, I'm going to withdraw. I'm going to withdraw. And then she reveals, oh, I've been experiencing depression since 2018 when I won my first Grand Slam. Right, and you're like, okay, right, and a lot of people are now like, oh my god, this is so, oh, this is terrible, you know, it's so bad, I can't believe she's been going through all of this, and oh, it's so tough, and oh, more should be done for her, and all, but here's the thing, right, she won it in 2018, that's three years ago, (gasps) That's three years ago. How is anyone meant to read her mind? Right? You can look at it like that. How is anyone meant to have read her mind and gone, oh, I think she's probably going through some shit. Right? No one's going to know. She's an adult. Right? She's an adult. She's got a voice and she can let people know that stuff. Now, listen, all of these things, it's not necessarily easy, but so much of life isn't easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it's just like, if we were just to give people passes because, oh yeah, life is tough, then nothing is ever going to get done, you know? I think you have to be pragmatic about these things, right? So there is that. Because, you know, she's had ample opportunity to try and fix this situation. Now, being the number two tennis player in the world, she's not hurting for money. Now, obviously, listen. Money doesn't buy you happiness, but it does make life a lot easier, right? And it does make certain things affordable, like therapy. So, there is 
you know, all of this. So you have to ask yourself, why has she not done anything? Why has she not reached out? Why hasn't she tried to alleviate the situation? You know what I mean? Because there's that. Now, with all of this going on, also, the question would be, why didn't she contact the French Open and say, listen, I'm going through some stuff. I was wondering, can we do something about these press conferences? Because, right, so she's like, I'm not doing a press conference, which, I, I mean, come on. These sort of things help promote you, right? They're also, you know, they're definitely helping the event, but they help promote the player because the general public who will, you know, maybe in some instances you pay to watch this stuff, right? So if, if you go live, but I don't know, pay-per-view to, to screen it at home, to, to do that, to generate that interest, right, it, it needs to be, come from the attachment with the players. Because people don't necessarily watch a tournament because of the tournament. They're watching it because of the opportunity see, to see the top players perform, right? And the players they really like and respect and dig... Because if no one they like is there, and if it, there's a good chance they're not going to watch it, right? So there is all of that. So these things, they give us an insight into these players, right? The things that motivate them and, oh, what, what got them to be able to come back from break point? I think that's a thing. That is a thing. Yes, I believe. Set point, match point. Yes, all of that shit, right? You know, what was the thing? How did you how did you do it? How did you stay in the game? How did you keep your motivation? These things give you that insight. So with the whole I'm not doing it, that does come off as a little churlish. You know what I mean? Because there are options. Now, if she had gone to the French Open and said, listen. I find the the press conferences difficult because I suffer from anxiety. We have been working in the age of Zoom, <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, remote working. So you could have worked something out, right? You think of the different options. She's in a separate room on her own, headphones, right? And they screen a select number of questions. Right? If they worked with her and said, listen, look, we kind of need you to do this, but how can we make it work for you? Right? Do, would you be able to answer, let's say, is five questions okay? Could we do five questions? Right? And we will screen the questions. They will be asked, answer them, and then you can go. Does that work? Or maybe this. How about... Who do you trust? Right? Who do you trust? Your manager? How about you in a room with your manager and your manager just talks to you about the match, you answer some questions, we pre-record, and then we air it. How does that work for you? 
You know what I mean? You just find that solution that works. Maybe she has a good relationship with some of the journalists and they could be the ones asking the questions, but you find something that works and then that could have gone out, right? There are ways around this without, I'm not doing that or this has to be this way. You know, so if she had contacted them in advance, maybe something like that could have been worked out. And on the flip side, right, when she said, I don't want to do the press conference because of my mental health, the French Open could have thought, hold on, how can we mitigate this situation instead of the, if you don't do it, you're going to get spanked. You know what I mean? So that's why I feel both are pretty much uh, with the same fault. Neither handled the situation very well. right? But then you've got all of these, you know, ex and current players coming out and going, oh, I feel so bad for her. And oh, blah, 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 blah. Like, so, I think it was it Serena's like, I, will, I wish I want to give her a hug. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I mean, come on, what are we doing, right, because a lot of those players, now, they've won these sort of competitions, they've won the Grand Slams, they understand what that pressure is, so you have to wonder to yourself, do any of these players, do any of them go to the younger ones coming through and say, listen, right, you want to be top players, right? You want to be top players. Now, do you, you understand what comes with it, right? We're on the road this many days a year. You've got all of these press obligations, sponsorship obligations, all of this. And also, it there's ups and downs, right? One minute people are talking your praise, other minute they're dogging you. It can fuck with you. So, armour yourself. Right, these are the things that we do to protect our mental health. Right, how many of these players do that? How many of them do that? I don't know. Right, I'm not saying none of them do because I do not know. But that's a question you have to ask yourself. You have to ask yourself do the WTA, I think that's the um. Yeah, that's the uh, the tennis association name, I believe, the WTA, right? Now, do they offer anything? All right, because this is the big thing. You have all of these big sporting, um, you know, unions and groups and the like, and you have to wonder to yourself, what support system do they offer the players right do they do financial coaching do they do media training do they like what stuff is in place because these organizations are old they've been around for years they bank money money right through sponsorship deals and all of this kind of guff Right, so what do they do to help these players? So, do they do anything around this kind of shit? Now, if they don't, 
should they be setting it up? Right? There's a there's a lot that I feel goes into this that isn't getting discussed. You know, you just you're just hearing people come out and be like, Osaka's so brave. Oh, Osaka's so brave. I mean, like, shut up. Everyone always wants to do that shit. Be like, oh, they're so brave because no. Like, it's, it's, people aren't brave. People are just fucking living, man. Right? It, it's people saying ridiculous shit. Like, oh, you're so brave. And you're so this and you're so that. That helps enforce these bullshit notions. Right? It helps put this pressure onto people. Alright? Because suddenly you say something and you have to be a fucking spokesperson for a motherfucking issue right not everyone wants to be a spokesperson some people just want to live they just want to be like yo this is this is my shit right now i just need some space all right let me breathe let me do my thing you know what i mean let me do so yeah it's not that but also players listen you're getting into sport right Anyone that's getting into any of these sports, football, American football, basketball, rugby, tennis, golf, boxing, UFC. I mean, I should say MMA. There's other there's other people than UFC. There's the MMA, right? You're you're doing it because you you're trying to get to a certain level, right? You you wanna you want the fame that you see other people. Obtain Like no one's getting into these things To be a journey person You know I, Let's be honest No one's doing that shit And these sports Are all They're all old now I mean even the UFC that, That's been around For enough time For people to understand the constraints that come with these things, the obligations that come with these things. So you can't go into all of this stuff and act like I didn't know, right? Oh, I didn't know you have to do pressure releases. I didn't know that, you know, you're on the road this amount of time. I didn't, no, you can't say that. Right, so you want to be at that level, there's shit that comes with it, right, so you have to start preparing yourself for that stuff from the giddy up, you know what I mean, like, yes, there's there's things that the governing bodies can do, right, there's, there's things that your management team can be doing, but then there's stuff that you need to be doing as well. So, I don't believe this is a situation where, you know, it's like, well, that person to blame, or they're to blame, or they're to... Everyone could have done better. <laughs> like, let's be honest, everyone involved could have handled this a little bit better, right? But you understand why it went in the way it went. So I think that the thing that really needs to be spoken about is how can a foundation be made, right? How can the 
you know, blueprint be created to ensure that everyone can walk out of this happy, right? That promotion can still get done, players can still feel, you know, a little less stressed, and the media still get, you know, the the quotes, the interviews, the stuff they need to help promote. Right? Because it can be done. It's not a difficult thing. So that's the thing that I think needs to be talked about the most rather than, you know, a player that's feeling down and an organization that was panicking to try and protect its shit. You know, I think that's a thing. And also, because the the Australian Open, French, Wimbledon, US, they all came out, right? They all came out and were like, oh, we want to offer our assistance. Oh, we want to. And I'm like, shut up. Right? Shut up. Because they've, you know, like, this ain't the first time this shit has happened. Right, all of these companies, they know the constraints and everything that you know players deal with, and the the asks of the meat. They know all of this, right? It, it's just no one's really been bothered to do it, right? It's like before twenty twenty, no one could be bothered to put in place a. Effective remote working initiative in the workplace. No one really could be bothered. It costs money. You know, I I'd spoken to like previous employers about you know remote um access to events and things such as that. And the, the response is always it'll cost too much. Right? So it it it's one of those things that people know about, but it's just eh. Let's do it another time, right? So, I think we need to stop with that kind of shit too. The whole, oh my gosh, we're so, oh, we're so sorry. Let's, let's do something. We need to, come on, let's stop, right? Because it's all virtue signaling. So, as I said, look, the best way to move forward is to work out something that supports everybody's needs. Because it can be done. And it's just a matter of if, yeah, everyone is amenable for that to happen or are people just going to act like, you know, oh, the players are the only people that should come out of it smelling of roses because they need the media as much as the media need them. Let's let's keep it real, alright? Let's keep it real. You know what I mean? So um yeah, I I think it, it's interesting. Be interesting to see what happens, you know? Just when you think the NFL may have started to course correct, right? There was a lot of issues around kneeling and um you know, all of that discrimination, you know, Kaepernick, all of that kind of stuff, which definitely nuanced, 
<laughs> Definitely nuanced, right? Um, but they, you know, they brought in Jay-Z and some other people to try and help. Help with the issues. Put in some initiatives and stuff like that. And you're thinking, okay. It looks like, you know, George Goodell and all those numbnuts have have like decided to make changes, which is always a good thing, you know? But then comes all of this race norming crazy shit, right? And you're like, what the fuck are the NFL doing? Like, what are they doing? And the crazy thing is, like, I had no clue about any of this. You know, because I think everyone knows, <laughs> everyone knows about CTE. You know what I mean? They, they know that American football, among other sports and occupations, cause brain damage. Right? Now, depending, I think it's, it's very much depending on genetics a lot of the time, how badly this kind of, um, impacts people, you know, because you, you see some people that have played more games than others, nothing, they're fine, some people, right, play a couple of years, fucked, fucked, Right, like you, you see this erratic behavior from past players, and you know whether it's like spousal abuse, alcohol, drug abuse, you know, just all these crazy things, which oftentimes never associated with this person, and then suddenly it's all changed. I mean, it, it's not American football, but look at people like Chris Benoit, and um. You know, uh, wrestlers, wrestlers being WWE, EAW, that kind of thing. Like, all of that kind of crazy, like, we know, we know what th- can happen in that regards. Right? So, American football way, you have to tackle each other. You're, you're going in with their head a lot of the times, and when I say going in with the head, I, not necessarily you're you're trying to hit someone with your helmet, right? But when you're tackling with your shoulder, your head is moving forward. You know what I mean? You're you're pushing forward with your head to build up that steam. So once you hit someone, obviously your skull. Is going to be like ping-ponging your brain all over the shop. Right, so this is a known thing. It's a known thing. So you would think that there is a a well-placed concussion compensation to uh, help mitigate this for the players. Right? You would think. And then comes the word that... It's some biased bullshit. And it's like, what the hell is going on? It's crazy. It is crazy. 
and it's shocking. It's shocking the fact that you have all these parties trying to deny, right? Deny that it's racist, right? Deny that there's no discrimination in place. Because, you know, even, even if you take them at their weird word, right, it's broad, it's a very broad statement in what, you know, what they're saying, right, it makes no sense, you know, that you're saying that, oh, every, like, all people from this background are this, right, it's, it's crazy, it's, it's a crazy thing to uh, imply, right, and they're saying that they're going to remove this race factor, but then you have to think to yourself, okay, so what about all the past players, right, what about all those past players that were denied compensation, right, like, surely, the hearing money needs to be handed out, which you can understand why the NFL don't you want to be like, oh yeah, no, this is a thing, because I'm imagining there is a whole heap of cash on the table for these past players, if if everything goes in a certain direction, you know, the, the claims will suddenly start coming through, and they should, right, they should, because this is a, this is a crazy thing, now, if you do not know what race norming is, and I didn't, right, ain't gonna lie, I didn't know what the fuck it was, right, now, what it is in the context of, uh, you know, the concussion protocols within the NFL, right? Had I been saying NHL? I may have said NHL. It's NFL, right? American football. I don't know. Sometimes I forget what the fuck I was doing. But anyway, right? So, um, yes. Now, what it is, they're saying, right, they, they put these things in place to safeguard against misdiagnosis, right, when it comes to brain damage, and so the situation is, right, it's, um, because it's looking at neuro, um, psychology, right, so they have said that the average black player starts at a lower level of cognitive functioning than the average white player at the outset of their career, right, which then would mean black players need to show a larger cognitive decline than white players to qualify for compensation, which... I mean, you know what I mean? It's just when you know that something causes cognitive failure, when you know this thing causes brain damage, to deny anyone 
it's kind of shocking, right, it's kind of fucking shocking, and it's what makes it even worse, the fact that college players make no money, I, I like, that really, you know, when you look at all the things like this, not even the, the 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 thing that the colleges and universities make thousands thousands off of those players names you know and they sell tv rights jerseys merchandise sell out stadiums all of these players names who aren't making anything anything and only a small fraction, probably maybe 1% of those players make it to the NFL, right? And then out of that 1%, only some of those people are taken care of? It is shocking. It is fucking shocking. And you're like, how the fuck can this be a thing? You mean, I, Look, you can look at people and you can go... Yeah, there's issues right there. You're, it, it's not difficult, right? You can see the splur, the split, the split, the brr, the um, slurred speech. Shit. Oh man, the slurred speech, memory losses, right? The the sudden um aggression, just all of these kind of things, clearly signify uh brain issues right so you don't need a fucking chart and it wouldn't you kind of thing which would make sense why don't you just test people right i don't understand test people do all the tests on the first day of um you know their career Right? You have to test them. I mean, you should do it when they... Because I think before you start university, I think it's touch. Or you, you can't... There's no head tackle or something. Even though just getting tackled will cause shit. But, you know, there's a lot of things we do that can cause stuff, right? But ta- when you bring in the tackling and that aspect of it... That definitely ramps things up. So, right, as as soon as that, they should just test everyone. Test their cognitive behavior. So you can start at the beginning of uni, say. Then when you finish, right, do another test. So you can let people know, be like, okay, right, these are your scores. Um, Yeah, try lion's mane mushrooms and you know, turmeric and do this, do this, and let people know the things they can do to help. And then when you join the NFL, right, your first NFL team, that first contract in the draft, test all those motherfuckers, right? You've got them in the same, when when they're going in the combines and the draft, you have all of these people together. So as part of these things, Test everyone, test them. So then, when they retire, you run another test, 
right? And that will signify what their cognitive levels are. So you, you can then look at it and be like, okay, so during this period, you've been affected this much. I mean, that seems like a simple thing to do, right? Seems like a... Now, obviously, there's a cost, but the NFL make all of these sponsorship deals and they're making money through all these other avenues. You'd kind of think it's the least they could do. You know what I mean? It's the least they could do. But, yeah, by putting these clauses in these contracts... It's kind of foul. It's kind of foul. And to say, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. It's not discriminating. What the fuck is it? What the fuck is it? Huh? Because, you know, if, if people were to say right now, if you were to go on the news and say, all black people are lazy... All Asian people are bad drivers. All any stupid statement like that. You're losing your job. You're getting shut down. You're getting shut down. We have seen people's careers get halted. But this organization can have this broad statement bullshit in their contracts it's kind of crazy kind of crazy and i said you know they're trying to course correct right so they're going oh we're, we're removing that language we're removing that language that's all well and good but then what about all the people that language has affected what about all of those people you need to then go back need to go back through your books and look at all the claims that were denied. All the claims that were denied, but also all the people that wanted to make claims. Because, listen, there's people that were probably going to make a claim. And then someone was just like, yeah, it's not going to work, right? Because of blah, blah, blah. So your claim, there's no point, right? So there's a lot of people that you need to then take care of, yeah. And you have to ask yourself, are the NFL gonna do that? So I think at the moment, all of this has gone back to mediation, right? So um, it is definitely gonna be interesting to see what happens. Because, whew, this, you know, whatever the outcome is, oh shit, there's gonna be money. There is gonna be money and crazy coming out of this. You can believe. You can believe. So, yeah, man, who, who thought that, you know, I mean, postseason was gonna get crazy like this? Shit. Yo, people, 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 I, I, man, I, I, I think we need to talk about this shit, right, and let's say, let's end our news on this, right, because it is crazy, but have you seen the video of the girl pushing a bear, 
It is insane. It's insane, right? So this shit took place in um, Bradbury, California, Southern California, right? Which listen, I when you say California, people think the OC, sun shining. People lounging on beaches, having a good time. Yeah, don't think of motherfucking brown bears. Right? Don't think of brown bears. And I've got to say, think my ass is getting eaten. If only, you know what I mean? I, I, this is so hot. You'd be lounging out by your pool at night. But bears come into people's backyards and shit. Imagine that. You're asleep on the lounger and then suddenly you hear a noise. And your, your eyes open up just to have your head eaten by a motherfucking bear. It's crazy. But anyway, right? So I think it's, it's uh, CCTV, right? So the house cameras pick up the, the, this bear. This bear walking along the back wall. Which, hey, firstly... Mad props to that bear for the balance. You know what I mean? Mad props to the bear for the balance, right? The bear could go to Tokyo with those gymnastic skills. But yeah, this bear's walking along the wall with its cubs. That's the thing. That's where it gets kind of crazy because the bear's with its cubs. And when it comes to the cubs, ooh. We've seen these bears do all manner of things because it's all about protecting the kids. You know what I mean? So, yeah, walking along the wall. And firstly, right, you know those situations where you're in, you know, you're minding your business. You're out with your partner and they start yapping. They start yapping. They're writing fucking checks you don't want to cash. But because your motherfucking partner's opening up their motherfucking mouth. And let's be honest. It's usually girls. Right? It is usually girls. Your ass is going to catch a potential beating. Or you have to beat someone down. Who you didn't want to fight? You didn't want to fight? You knew you could handle this shit. You didn't want to do it. But you've been put in a situation. Right? Now, I bring that up because basically, these dogs, <laughs> these family dogs write those checks. Because this bear, it's, it's on the wall. It's not like it's jumped into their garden or anything like that. It's walking on the wall, minding its own business. It's escorting a kid somewhere. You know what I mean? But then the motherfucking dogs come a-yapping. And they've got, like, this one big black dog. And then I think it's, like, two or three of those handbag, what the fuck are you dogs? You know what I mean? The dogs that are, like... Why are you here? <laughs> like, you, the only thing you're doing is getting underfoot and probably trodden on, right? It's, it's got those, and those dogs yap. Those dogs fucking yap. And so they're running over, barking at the bear, 
right? They're coming at the bear. So the bear is like swatting at the dogs because it's just like, you do not come near my kids. So you cannot blame the bear, right? Can't blame the bear. But this girl, this girl sees this bear like swatting at her dogs and she runs to help. There was, the initial story says teen, the girl's 17, which, I, I mean, yes, yeah, she is still a teenager, but yeah, I, I kind of still feel, at that age, <laughs> you should know better, you should know better, I, I initially thought it was going to be something like an 11 year, 12 year old, 11 year old, something like that, but no, 17 year old, but you see this girl come running running at the bear, pushes the bear, pushes the bear, right, pushes the bear like it's Humpty Dumpty off that motherfucking wall, right, (laughs) and then you just see this bear's head, like, looking over the wall, like, yo, what the fuck just happened, (laughs) did this motherfucking, did she just push me, did this little old bitch just push me off a wall, what the fuck? You mean like now? Obviously, we don't hear the bear say it, but you can read it in its eyes. You can read that in its eyes. <laughs> like it's saying to the kids, "Hold my scrunchie. I'm gonna take care of some business." <laughs> but yeah, this girl she pushes the bear off the wall. Then she just turns back. Grabs the dogs, trying to shoot the dogs, grab the dogs, and yet here it is probably her dad. Like, get in the house, get in the house. Right? And he just like he doesn't come out to grab her. <laughs> he he's shouting through a window, through a door. He ain't stepping out, risking getting eaten by the bear. It's like if I lose a kid, I lose a kid. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's just insane. It is one of the craziest things that you will see, man. Oh my days, yeah. And uh, you know, like you think about it, right? Because if now, luckily, the bear doesn't jump over the wall. You know, I mean, she gets back in. It's all good. But if that girl had been eaten by the bear. Someone's shooting that bear, right? And I'm just like, yo, that bear wasn't a fool. The bear was just trying to protect its kids, right? If anyone is to fool, it's their dogs. Their dogs wrote those checks. <laughs> those dogs wrote those checks, man. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so she nearly paid. She nearly paid the price. But. Here's the other thing, because she pushed that bear into the other, she pushed it off the wall, which so it went into someone else's garden. Now, if that bear then eats someone in that next garden, is she to blame? Would she be accessory to murder? Like, what the fuck could happen there? You know what I mean? Because... If she hadn't pushed a bear, it wouldn't have gone in the other garden, wouldn't have eaten their kids. 
You know what I mean? Imagine is a little baby crawling around on the floor, having a whale of a time in a paddling pool, maybe. And then a bear suddenly falls into the garden. And it's just like, you know what? That looks tasty. Eats that baby. Is that teenager to blame? Hmm. Interesting facts, right? Interesting facts. But, uh, <laughs> oh, shit. No, listen. I just say this chick, Haley Morinko, the luckiest motherfucker alive. Luckiest motherfucker alive. She now needs to, um, yo, she needs to walk carefully because she used up so much of her luck that day. She really did. It is, uh, an insane thing, people. It's an insane thing. So yeah, check out the look. I, I actually, I put a link. Um, I've, 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 yeah, I, I put a link in the episode um, details. So yeah, go if you go to the website, go to my site, um, and press on you know the 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 title of the thing and yeah there's gonna be i'm gonna link to the page on abc news so hopefully you can still see the video because whew, it's crazy now it's short but it is crazy um yeah don't do it if you see a bear because you probably will not come off as lucky as young Haley, but I'd still want to see that video. <laughs> I'd still watch someone get eaten by a bear. <laughs> oh, shit. But, yo, make sure your dogs understand. Stop that yapping because they're the ones not getting eaten by a motherfucking bear. Okay, people. So, on Chin Check this week. We look ahead to LFA 109, also UFC on ESPN um, Plus, I think it's 47, right? 47, Rosenstruck v. Saki. So yeah, we're, we're previewing shit. So people, it's definitely want to go check it out. So once you're done with this episode, go do that. And share with your peoples. But before you do, let's finish this. Alright, let's go. Okay, so it hit Netflix at the start of May. But it took a little while to get through it, people. I ain't gonna lie. And I'm talking about Jupiter's Legacy. So, I was intrigued by the series. Because it was one of... um. Mark Miller's adaptations, right? Part of his Miller world. Oh, he, he created the series with Frank Whiteley back in 2012, right? And it was one of those ones that had a lot of delays, but it came out. And I think, I think, I, I, I believe if, if I remember, like, people dug it. People enjoyed it back in the day when it came and it it had the main series and then it had a prequel series and just all of this stuff, which I think they've incorporated both into this show. Right. So there was a there was a lot of interest 
around it. And when Netflix bought Miller World, right, it was just like, oh, okay, so what do they do? Because, you know, at t- a lot of the Miller World stuff, there was at a time when, you know, it was all set up as films, right, like Kick-Ass. Um, but, yeah, then with the Netflix deal... We saw a a lot of those perceived ones then come as series, right? I think a few are still set up as films, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. But anyway, right? You you had this huge comic book series get adapted. So there's, you know, it was like, hmm, how are they going to do it? What's going to happen with all of this? So, yeah. It's uh, created by Miller and Frank Quietly, the original series. Interestingly enough, right, Stephen S. D. Knight, he was brought in to, um, you know, create this whole series, right? Which was, uh, it's an interesting one because, you know, the Knight, he's very well known. I mean, he, he's worked on some good stuff, you know, he definitely worked on some good stuff, and he's worked on some dodgy shit, <laughs> I, yeah, you know, he, back in the day, what, he's written for, like, Buffy and Angel, you know, Smallville, Doll's House, so all of that kind of stuff, he then also did the Spartacus stuff, which... Meh, you know, had its ups and downs But he also worked on, I believe it was the first season of um, Daredevil Right, he, he, he worked on the first Daredevil Which, you know, great You know what I mean? That was a very good season But I think he then left He left to go and do... Um, some other stuff, you know, or there, maybe there was some creative differences, I forget, it, it was just one of those things, right, um, but yeah, so it was interesting to be like, oh, so he's involved, but he then left, he then left because of creative differences, and sang Kui Kim came in to finish, now when watching it, you can definitely, I could definitely see what, you know, there's some creative stuff in this show that you're like, mm, I even, I don't know if that works, right, so you can see where issues may come up, you know, um, the music is from Stephanie Economou, um, executive producers Miller Quietly, Lorenzo Di Bonaventura, Dan McDermott, McDonight, James Middleton, and Kim. Produced by Brock Worley, um, Maureen Kick, Balgon Crouch, and Steve Wakefield. Cinematography is Danny Ruhlman, Nicole Hirsch Whitaker, edited by Hennick Van Eggen, Josh Bale, and Teresha Hackshaw. I think um, the, the episode range, 
So they range from like I think like 40 minutes to 55 minutes and um, there's eight episodes Right, eight episodes So the cast We have Josh Dumal As Sheldon Sampson The Utopian We have um, Leslie Bibb As Grace Kennedy Sampson Lady Liberty Then there's Ben Daniels As Walter Sampson Brainwave That's Sheldon's brother um, Elena Campuris is Chloe Sampson, Grace and Sheldon's daughter, while um, Andrew Halton plays Brandon Sampson, the paragon, as their son. Then we've got Mike Wade as Fitzsmall, the flair. Matt Latner as George Hutchins, Sky Fox, Sheldon's best friend. Um, we've got um, Gracie Dezeni as Ruby, Ruby Red. Uh, Tyler Main, he plays William Henry Bendow, Blackstar, a villain. Meg Steedy. Plays Jane, Sheldon's first girlfriend. Richard Blackburn is Chester Sampson, Sheldon and Walter's dad. Tanika Davis is Petra Small. So that is, um, yeah, that is, um, oh shit, what's my man's name? Uh, Fitz is daughter, right? Um... Tyrone Benskin is Willie Small, Fitz's dad. Uh, we've got um, Izira Nibiraku as Sierra. Ectoplex. David Julian Hirsch as Richard Conrad. Blue Bolt. Ian Quinlan as Hutch. Um, he's uh, George's son. Conrad Coates is a captain they hire to sail them to an island. Right, um, I mean, there's a whole heap of other people involved as well. Uh, there's Anna Akana, who plays Raku, right? Who's a, a character that you probably will know. Um, so, yes, that's... There are characters and the peoples involved. And then the story is this. Shortly after his father's suicide in 1929, triggered by Black Tuesday, former businessman Sheldon Sampson travels to an uncharted island in the Atlantic Ocean, where he, his brother Walter and four others received superpowers. He then creates a superhero team called the Union of Justice and his guiding ideals. Never kill anyone, never interfere in political matters, remain unchanged over the near century of his adventures at the Utopian. 
However, the next generation of superheroes, including his children, struggle to live up to his rigid ideals and high expectations. When Sheldon's son Brandon seemingly kills one of their greatest foes, it ignites a public debate over whether those ideals are still relevant. Dum dum dum. So that last part, right, the whole idea of killing, that is something that is, like, it's brought up a lot within the series, right, it's definitely mentioned a lot between the heroes, the union group, right, but I feel this is a big thing, it's never really explored, Right? Never really explored. And for me, I don't know. Like look wise, yeah, the the effects, the, the you know, the lighting, the cinematography, it's all well done. It's all well done. But we have these ideas that are thrown around that are utilized, but they don't ever really go very deep. Everything is very superficial, right? So, we have at the beginning, right, Sheldon, you know, he's walking around talking about how, you know, that his dad's company, they should expand it and make it big. And all the time, Walter is a bit like, ah, I don't really think we should, you know. But, yeah, Sheldon really wants to. And, you know, it, 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 you then have this kind of thing where the stock market crashes. Stock market crashes and his dad commits suicide, jumps off the roof of their building. Right, so that's kind of where we start. And you're like, okay, right? But it all seems a little bit random like there's a there's a lot of stuff that kind of feels a little bit random like i don't know you kind of figured that the dad was going to kill himself right uh, you know it wasn't exactly nuanced so you're kind of like well how is it sheldon ain't gonna do you know what i mean so you had that but yeah, just the, the 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 struggles of the business, and then there's other stuff you find out about the business that comes up. So you have all of this stuff, right? But it's never really explored why why Sheldon, who it seems isn't really heavily involved with the business, is all about expansion, right? And Walter doesn't want to expand. He doesn't feel it's wise to expand. But that kind of, that's never really explored. It's just thrown out there to kind of be like, oh, this is the crux of their disagreement. Boom. Right, so we have all of this. But then in present day, it's, you know, you've got the two kids, Brandon and Sheldon. And we're told they're trying to live in, you know, live up to the legacy of their parents. Right. And all of that is shown as Chloe, she's just separated herself completely 
and Brandon, he's kind of like, oh, I'm just going to follow everything Dad says, but, yeah, I'm going to mope around and be sad because, you know, he's always so hard on me. He's always so hard on me. And we are kind of given this big battle, big battle with, um, you know, their... One of the greatest foes, Blackstar. They're like, oh, he's attacking, he's doing all of this stuff, and they fight him, and they're all getting their asses kicked, pretty much, right? Which, I mean, it opens up a lot, right? So you have all of these superheroes, but they're getting pieced up by this one dude. And there doesn't seem to be any... Any kind of plan, right? At least when you have the X-Men, there's usually a kind of thing like, okay, so you do this and we'll do this and bum, 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 bum. So you get this kind of idea of how to approach. Because remember, this is a team. This is a team that have supposedly worked together for years. So, and they fought this guy before. So you'd kind of figure... That there would be an idea of how to do it. How to go about all of this. But no. Nothing. Right. So there is that. Which you're like. Huh. Okay. And during all of this. Brandon. Because you know. Blackstar looks like he's going to kill his dad. Brandon. Kills him. Kills him. And that creates this whole argument, right, creates this whole argument about, oh my god, you killed Blackstar, oh, it's so bad, oh, you broke the code, you broke the code, but there's something that comes out of this killing, right, which doesn't really get touched on until the very end, and it's kind of important, Right, it's this kind of important big thing. Right now, does it mitigate the whole code? I mean, in a way, it does, but you know, but then you know, ethically, it doesn't. Right, if you want to really break it down, but the big question would be, how did this thing come to be? Right, and it doesn't really seem to be a huge. Concern, but you would feel it should be at the forefront of the series, where the thing that really kind of is at the forefront is these flashbacks in time, right? So we have all these flashbacks of them um, in the past. So you know the dad has just killed himself, and then it's them dealing with it and all. So we've got all of these flashbacks. And then in the present day, we've got Chloe, right? We've got um, Brandon. We've then got George's son. And his little group of people doing stuff. So we've got all of these things going on, happening. And it's like, okay, what? where is this going? Like, where is this going? And why aren't people concerned about this whole whole thing which is is seems very crazy seems very crazy and when i say look 
everything's a surface level. Because you you have the utopian all pissed. You know, Sheldon's dad. Sheldon. All pissed about Brandon making this killing. And, you know, his mum, Grace, you know, Lady Liberty, she's a bit like, oh, yeah, you did a thing, but she's a bit like, you know, Sheldon shouldn't be so tough on him, you know. But whenever the question is brought up, because some of the younger group ask that question, ask me like, but what about the code? What about that code? No one has, there's no response. And it's like, well, surely this is a thing you have spoken about. Because, you know, often Sheldon be like, look, we've spoken about this before. We've argued about this. And like, okay, but so what are the points? Right? What, what are the suggestions? What are... But no one has anything. And at one point, I think it's in the sixth episode, maybe the seventh, someone asks Grace. And she just stands there. And you're like, wait, come on. After all of this time... You had no response. You'd have a response. If there had been all of these arguments on this matter. Right. That you you have an opinion. There are things that you would be saying. But nothing is said. And you're just like. Wait that makes no sense. That makes no sense whatsoever. Right. We're being shown Chloe to be this rebellious person. So, oh, it's loads of drugs and alcohol and, you know, uh, daddy issues. It's all of this. So, you know, she's jumping in and out of bed with everyone. And like uh, someone tries to use her, you know, but in the in the sense of the person who tried to use her. It's not like there was, listen, there's no rape, there's no, there's no real lie in the, uh, in, in the thing being that she just jumps him, right, he says some things and she jumps him, and you're just looking at it and going, wait, that's all a bit played out. Right, because you're saying, oh, because someone doesn't like their dad, obviously they're going to be a druggie, they're going to be an alcoholic, oh, and they're going to be mad promiscuous, right, they're going to sleep with anyone who might go, oh, your dad sucks, and be like, oh, I'm going to fuck you, right, and that's how they've depicted Chloe, which is just a bit like, that's lazy as a motherfucker, man, right, come on. Come on, that's that's the only way in which you can show this. You mean it is like these issues that come up by now. We've had so many superhero stories and just stories in general that deal with these sort of issues, and we have nothing new here. There are no new ideas. Right, no new approaches. It is all same old, same old, same old, and it, and that feels such a shame. You know, like we're saying that um, you know, the old heroes are stuck in the past, and the young heroes are, you know, they're the ones having to deal with this issue. But here's the crazy thing: is we're not being told all. There's a new crop of villains. Like, how did this new crop of villains come about? 
or what was the thing that has made villains decide to kill now, right? Because we're supposedly under the pretense that in the past there was no killings, right? No killings. They'd they'd have fights with the villains, they'd win, or the villains would escape, someone gets thrown in jail, and that's that. So why now are people killing? Right? That that's something that doesn't get answered. So then all of these young people, all these young new young heroes, they're getting killed. And you're like, wait, so how is it they're all dying? Right? You've got these ones that don't seem to be able to be killed, but all of these ones are just getting murked all the time. It's like, okay, what is happening here? Why? Not addressed. Not addressed. We're having, um, in our flashbacks in the past, Shelton is getting these visions. Again, a played out thing. A played out thing we've seen. And... It's like every time you have someone, you know, have these visions, they're talking to themselves and, you know, depicted. But it's like, wait, he knows their visions. Right? So here's the f- because a lot of schizophrenics don't understand their visions, right? A lot of people that experience some of these things, these delusions, they don't know their delusions. Right? But Sheldon does. So you're kind of like, so why would you be shouting, right, when you know it's a thing, how is it you're acting in this way, right, so you have all of this, but then you have the fact that Sheldon can convince all of these people to do all of these different things, and it's like, wait, why are people following him, because when we meet Sheldon, at the very beginning, before his dad kills himself and all of that, he is presented to us as a kind of a a little braggadocious, you know, he loves to be at the centre of attention and everyone around him and all of this stuff, right? He, he doesn't come off as crazy, humble or likeable. So then to have all of these people be like following him and doing what he says and then these arguments come up and everyone's like oh but you know Sheldon is and you're like but we haven't seen that (laughs) we we haven't seen that stuff so how is it you're kind of talking like he is this thing so it's a bit baffling right you have the arguments between Sheldon and Walter and George Who's really, you know, just digging at water all the time. And it's all these silly little things that are just like, ugh. What, like, what is happening here? Right? What is happening here? This is all silly. It's all silly. And it's these typical things where, okay, before they can get the prize, they argue and then they have to come together and all of this. But it's like when they finally come together, right? Literally just before they're all at each other's throats. So to then be told, oh, you've you've done this thing and you've blah, blah, blah. So you now all deserve it. It's just like, wait, 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 wait. Literally, they were just arguing. 
So how are you then saying that now they're righteous enough to be given this thing? You know, there's parts of the story that you're just like, wait, you're glossing over all of this other stuff, right? None of this makes any sense. What is happening here? This is stupid, right? Funerals are happening. People aren't going to the funerals. But the reason for not going, again, not really explored. You know, people just say this one kind of thing, be like, ah. I'm not doing this because of that. And you're like, well, as a reason, it doesn't really make any sense. Obviously, there must be more to it, but it's not addressed. So then there's arguments happen later on and all of this stuff. And it, it just feels like a show that wants to be something bigger. Right? Has these ideas and everything like that. But they're just not very well orchestrated. They're not given to us in a way that you can look at and go, oh, yeah, that obviously that makes sense. Yes, these people would do that thing. Yes, I understand. I believe that, right? Doesn't. Just, just doesn't. Right? The, these side stories of Hutch doing this stuff with his little gang... Again, every time, like, these heists are going wrong, and you just know the heists are going to go wrong, because, you know, every time you get a new heist, it's like, okay, well, and if you don't do this, then the consequences are, and you're like, well, obviously, (laughs) obviously we're going to then have to have them face these consequences, so that is not going to work out, and that's going to go, and you're just like, (sighs) where's the consistency here? Like, how about creating this storyline that makes a bit more sense, right? That is 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 flowing in a way where you can go, yes, these are log- logical outcomes. How about a discussion on the morality of this or that, right? Why aren't we doing these things? But no, nothing, nothing at all. You know, you have Sheldon on this on this whole mission in the past, but again, to get all of these people to help him, you're just like, but why would they? Right? Why would they? And they're always moaning, and it's just, I I just. Didn't really find it satisfying, to be honest with you. There was times I was like, you know what, I'm just not going to do it. But then it's just like, uh, I mean, look, sometimes you have to kind of give things a chance, right? Because they could improve, they could get better. But I just found that it, it, it didn't really... You know, we have characters brought in at the very end. All of a sudden, it's just like, wait... There's been no notion of this character up to this point. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, hey, this is the only person that can help. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? <laughs> huh? And then the way that whole, oh, all of it ends, you're just like, hold on. If that character has the same abilities as the this other character, then surely they would know... 
what would happen if they say a certain thing. So wouldn't they just be like, blah, 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 and then they can, you know, but no, doesn't happen like that. You're just like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, look, at the very end, they do a thing, and it's meant to kind of like, ha you all thought it was. But you're watching it, and you're kind of like, well, I don't know if anyone really would believe it's this other thing, because it's so obvious, and the way it's all been set up. But you throwing this supposed new twist on it all, it just seems very much just like, oh, look, we fooled you. Do you know what I mean? It, it just feels like a reach. Feels like a real reach to get to this part. Now, if you're going to do it, fine. But, you know what I mean? Like, we saw arguments in the past, but nothing in the in the present time you know so it's all a bit like uh god damn but yeah i don't know that that's what it was for me you know i yeah look i i'm sure other people are gonna love it and i think that you know if you like smallville and things like that it's probably still better than those shows you know what i mean I, I, I think it's kind of, it does still hold up in comparison with, you know, stuff like Dawn of Justice and a lot of the DC stuff out there, you know, I don't think it's, it's definitely not as strong as the Marvel stuff, right, and I, listen, I am a Marvel fan, for real. But I just think the storytelling, the way everything has been built up and everything like that, it, it's a bit more nuanced. I don't want to say nuanced, you know. Eh, but within a superhero context, right? And I would say that the DC stuff is a bit more rushed. You know? Not saying it's not all, there's no good stuff in there. There is, for real. But I'm saying it's a bit more rushed. And this felt kind of rushed as a concept, as an idea without, as I said, looked the um, the depth to it all, you know. But, hey, you might disagree. That's cool, man. That's cool. Tell me what you think. All right. But it's on Netflix and this is just the first part. So, you know. There's going to be more. There's, you know, if, if, if they do a second season and it follows in to how Miller did all the comics, there's, there's, a, there's probably going to be at least one more, if not two, three more seasons. All right. So, yeah, you, you know, if you like Miller's stuff, because it is very much Miller. Right, there's one part point where Hutch teleports back to his home base and you have two of his teammates, you know, two of the women, one going down on the other. And it's just like, it's a scene that doesn't need to be there, but it's just, you know, there to be like, oh, look. And it's just like, ugh. God damn. You're so perfect. It's so like, 
infantile. It's an infantile scene to have. Right? The fact that the two women are, um, you know, they love each other, they're, they're partners, that, there's no issue there. That's all fine. But to kind of be like, oh, look, he walked into on them going down on each other. You're just like, come on, man. Grow up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just a stupid scene. But, yeah, if you enjoy that shit, then, you know. I think Kick-Ass 2. This this kind of fits with that. If you like Kick-Ass 2, then you'll like Jupiter's Legacy. Alright? It's on Netflix. Go have fun, people. Go have fun. I'd seen the name V.E. Schwab. You know, come across that quite a few times. But, I don't know. For, for whatever reason, I never picked up any of the books, but I came across um, The Invisible Life of Addy LaRue in a recent Audible sale, so I thought, you know what, let me give it a go, right, let me uh, see if, um, you know, the author is worth delving into more of their work, essentially. So this one is written by, sorry, narrated by Julia Whelan. And the gist of the story is this. France, 1714. In a moment of desperation, a young woman makes a Faustian bargain to live forever and is cursed to be forgotten by everyone she meets. Thus begins the extraordinary life of Addie La Rue, a dazzling adventure that play across centuries and continents, across history and art, as a young woman learns how far she will go to leave her mark on the world. But everything changes when after nearly 300 years, Addie stumbles across a young man in a hidden bookstore and he remembers her name. Bum, bum, bum. So, you know, it, it, it's not really dealing with anything new in concept. Like, we've come across many of these stories, whether in book form, um, TV or films, right? Where someone makes a pact with the devil and, you know, we then see the story play out. And I think there's that usual thing, right? Someone makes that deal and then they suddenly, after a while, regret it. And the story is them trying to break the pact. Which, I mean, it's always a little bit boring because it, it, it never, for me, it never really deals with the, the important shit. Right? Because when you make a pack, like, you know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, you know what you're doing, but you, you, you then want to end it. Right? And the thing f- is interesting because they want to end it, but they want to end it for free. You know, it, it, it's like they've already reaped 
benefits from this situation and then it's just like all right well so now I want my life back <laughs> and it's just like but it you know what I mean you you benefited it, it's like you know buying some trainers wearing them for a year and then taking them back to the store and being like ah you know what I don't like these can I have the other color and it's just like yeah, but you've walked around in a, for a motherfucking year. Like, what are you What are you talking about? You, there's no taking them back now. Like, if you had returned them the day of and was like, oh, actually, I picked up the wrong ones. Can I, can I just switch them across? Maybe. But that's not what you did, right? It's not what you did. And, and that's what you find with these stories, you know? Like, the person always... You know, it always feels aggrieved. Always just like, oh, I was, I was conned. It's not fair. Bah, bah, bah. So, you know, I, I was kind of like, all right, let me, let me see what new things they add. The, the difference. And the difference here is adding meet someone, right? Meet someone who she can actually hang with because you know essentially where everyone forgets her name so if if you talk to her it's fine but the moment you turn away right the moment you leave the room like you fall asleep next to her you'll wake up and it's just like who the fuck is this in my bed you know or if it's just like oh wait here I'll go and get you'll never come back because the moment she's out of sight, you've forgotten her. So that's how it works. But yet, all of a sudden, she meets a guy who remembers her, right? And so that was the interesting part here, right? How they played all of that out. And I think, listen, you you want you you definitely understand that. All right, for someone to remember her. That means there's a little something, something going down, right? Now, I'm not gonna spill it out, but I'm. I'd imagine that you you get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You get it. So then it's wondering, right? So what is the situation, and when is this situation gonna be revealed? You know, like. <sighs> Who is it going to be revealed freely, or do does is it going to be a slip up? Like what what happens here? And it is something that is revealed freely, but on the flip also, not all the information. And, and I think is the thing like you know there's something that's not right there, so it is kind of like. It is a bit one of those things where it is kind of surprising because there is plenty of hints, but for some reason it's not pressed upon. So there is that, but it, it it's not too bad. Like I I thought that was an interesting, an interesting kind of thread of the story. Though there are things that aren't really. They're not really pressed upon. Like, we don't delve very deeply into. Because, 
there's there's moments when you know there's obviously Ali's been alive for three hundred years, so she's seen, she's been around, but we kind of get oh a little moment of the story where she's in the war, right? But it, it's not really anything. It's just oh this thing, she's now in the war. Oh, she's in this situation. But then, right, so we have that. And obviously, right, you get mentions of famous people who, oh, so that musician, oh, that writer, that actor, actress, right, they made a deal with the devil to get the skill to be able to do the thing. Like, that kind of stuff just felt a bit like, eh. Okay, okay. I mean, it's one of those things that just seems very easy to write in. Oh, let me mention our, oh, this musician, right? This artist, yes, I can say that they made the same deal with the devil. Bah, bah, bah. Right, and it's fine, but that's not the interesting part of the story. Right now, I think when the story is flowing, it is very interesting and it is well written. I did though find there are certain things that just just keep on going. Right, like the oh, I was robbed. It's injustice and just all of that kind of stuff, which is just a bit like yeah, but you're not <laughs> like you weren't, right? You weren't. You you knowingly made the deal. You were told not to do a thing. You chose to do a thing. Uh, and I have to say, through desperation, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess it's, it's how you're looking at it, right? Because it's not life-threatening. The situation that forces her to do the deal, it's not life-threatening. Right, so you you have to say it, it wasn't a necessity to do the deal. And I, I think I would have liked more reflection on the fact that alright, you know what? I knowingly I went into this. Now I might not have properly thought about it, right? Or um I may be I didn't believe it was a thing that could happen, but I chose to do this thing. And we don't really get that. It's like there is a lot of stuff which she does and then she's blaming, you know, the devil for. Right? And then I think the the relationship between her and the devil it does start to get a little twilighty, which I did find a little bit like, come on, like, really, are we doing this, you know what I mean, it, it's just like, oh, we're, we're going to create this person who's oh, but manipulative and does all of these things, but... They cannot resist the allure of, <laughs> you know? 
and, and obviously, like, they're going to make mistakes because they're so infatuated with, and you're just like, ah, I mean, come on, man. Like, when you look at animals, a lot of the things they do aren't necessarily, it's not necessarily love, right? It is something different. Right? Or should I say, it's not love in the way we know love. Right? So, I'm just a bit like, not every being, person, thing, is going to view things the way we view things. So, to write this person, this entity... And kind of do it in the fashion of, oh, well, obviously it's bum, bum, bum. As well, eh. It's kind of an easy way out, you know what I mean? Kind of an easy way out. Like, it's fine, you know? But it, it, I, I was hoping for a little bit more. Something a little bit dip Something just that I haven't maybe come across before. You know, a di- completely different perspective. Because the perspective that we do get, although written well, it's just a little... Man, we kind of come across this, you know? And then the... The, um... You know, the justification for one of the other characters... It's not the best, right? I will say, it, it, it was kind of like, oh, really? That is the reason they did the thing? Because that's just a shit reason. You know what I mean? That's just, that's not the best reason at all. You know what I mean? To, to make a deal, to sell everything... You do it for, it was just, it was, it just came off as a little weak, you know, I I, I just thought it was just like, ugh, it's the Henry character, you know, Uh, the the guy she meets, his whole thing, it's just... It it just felt like a skeleton. They didn't really, really feel like there was a lot of flesh on that character. Although, you know, the interactions are written well. Yeah, like, that character's justifications for just anything just all seem a little, a little whiny. You know what I mean? A little whiny and a little bit just... Oh, you, you know, life didn't go perfectly every moment of the day. You know, because when you look at, like, Hobie's life, it's not bad. It's not bad. Just a couple of things just don't quite go. And then it's all of a, and you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. And the ending... The ending was a little bit, you know, a little bit, eh, just because it's just like, oh, for someone who 
is constantly just moaning and whining and then they get gifted something and they can turn it into obviously a big success and you're just like ugh like why does it have to be a big success right now if it was just put out and you know the thing was done and it was just all and then they decided to they'd be like, okay, fine, maybe. But it'd be like, oh yes, and it's a big success, and blah blah blah. And you're just like, ugh, this character is irritating. You know, he's just irritating. And then the the whole and this is where I'm. You're just like, ah, fuck off, man. I don't care. I don't care. You know, they ended it like ended with the worst person. And their bullshit, eat, pray, love kind of philosophy. And you're just a bit like, ugh. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever, man. But um, I did prefer this to some of the other stuff kind of, you know, dealing with the similar kind of themes. Like, uh, oh gosh, there was a book that I read. What is it? Um... Oh, the Testament of Gideon Mack, which was this whole kind of, you know, thing with the devil and God and blah, 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 from, by James Robertson. And, ugh, I mean, I just found that a bit dull. So this was better, you know, but still, I still just felt it, it, it wasn't maybe everything that I was hoping it could have possibly been. But I look. I would say, if you enjoy stuff like I don't know Twilight and Harry Potter and all of that kind of stuff, then I think this will probably speak to you, right? If even if you like um, oh shit, what's the thing that was just turned into a Netflix series? Ah, uh, oh lord. Um, fuck. And I, I, I read it. I, I read the motherfucking book too. Gosh, damn it! It's the uh, fuck. Um, you know the Lee Bardo, a Bardo do thing. Shadow and Bone. Yes, Shadow and Bone. If you enjoy, like, I, I think like people that like that kind of stuff. If you enjoyed all of that, I think this kind of although. They're not technically the same sort of thing, but writing style and and that kind of I think they 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 kind of inhabit the same sort of sphere. So yeah, if you enjoy those sort of books, then I think you know the um yeah I I, I think this book right this story. I think it will speak to you, you know, so, um, yes, and it's on Audible, right, so, yeah, maybe you want to go check out The Invisible Life of Addy LaRue, if, um, you know, you want to read about people making deals with the devil, so, uh, yeah, there you go, people, there you go. Okay, people, so we've reached that time again. But before we bounce, 
Let's take a look and uh, see what's happening in the world of TV, shall we? Alright, so, um, yeah, I mean, there's a few things going down, right? A few things have, um, you know, a few shows have come out with um, dates of new seasons. So, one of those is um, the, what is it, the second season of the L Word Generation Q. That will be hitting your airways on Friday, the 6th of August. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, if you enjoyed that first season, people, you can find out where the characters are going next. And also, um, interestingly enough, right, Sam Richardson, who's, you know, Worked on Marvel stuff, Modoc recently. He is now joined the um, new season of Harley Quinn. You know the animated uh, series of following the antics of everyone's favourite anti. Is she an anti-hero? I don't even know, right? She just some crazy broad, you know what I mean? But yeah, he's gonna be part of the third season. So um, yeah, you can look forward to that, people. Um, now there's a couple of new things dropping on uh, the 9th of July, right? So um, one is um, Virgin River. Right, so that will be uh, the third season. Right, third season of that will be hitting Netflix. Ten more episodes. Right, so if you're a fan, people, you have that to look forward to. And also on Netflix, the fourth and the final season of Atypical. That is also dropping. On the 9th of July. Boom, boom, boom. Now, I'm not sure if I talked about this. I can't remember. My mind is losing. Uh, but, um, yeah, we've got the, the Green Lantern series, which is coming to HBO Max, right? Which I think is being heralded as the most expensive TV show, which is insane, right? It's getting written by Mark Guggenheim, Seth Graham Smith, and Greg Balanti. Um, because, you know, Balanti is involved with all of those CW, HBO shows, it would seem. But, uh, yeah, it, it's going to follow... Um, um, Alan Scott, right, who is the 1941 um, Green Atlantean, right, Guy Gardner as well, he's going to be up in it, um, plus uh, Brie Jata, um, and a few others, supposedly, but, um, yeah, Lee Tolland Krieger, he is come on as uh, one of the directors of uh, this season of episodes. So, uh, 
yeah, I think that's pretty, uh, that's interesting news, you know, um, now I don't know if I'd want this, right, uh, I don't know what, what that means, right, but Sam Keeley has been cast as John Finley in the Joe Exotic series hitting um, the Peacock, right? And I, I say that because, you know, Joe Keeley was that um, druggy boyfriend of Joe, you know, with the missing teeth and the bad tattoos, right? So it's like, um, yeah, to be cast in that role, you know what I mean? I'm like, wait, yo, what are you saying, man? What are you saying? I look, I look like some gap tooth drug fueled weirdo. Damn. But yeah, he, he has joined the cast that also involves um, Nat Wolf, right? Um, we got Kate McKinnon, who's playing um, Carol Baskin. Um, oh, and Wolf is playing. Uh, Travis Maladono, right? I think that's the one that shot himself in the head by mistake, right? Oof. Yeah, you know, a cast is already in place, so um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems weird, right? Because Joe Exotic, the Tiger King, that was the the big thing just last year, just last year, but it just seems like. Man, I'd forgotten all about that shit. It's like it didn't even happen. But um, people, another show that has, um, yeah, it's going to be coming back to our airways is uh, the Mosquito Coast. So uh, you know, season one is just about to finish up on Apple TV Plus. But yeah, they have. Um, Renewed the show for a second season. So if you're enjoying the Neil Cross series, which is an adaptation of the Paul Faru book of the same name, well, you can uh, look forward to having more stories of your favorite characters coming to your airways at some point soon. Probably next year, right? So, um, people, I mean, that's us. I think we are done. So, uh, yeah, hope you've enjoyed yourselves. We'll be back next Wednesday. And remember, we got Chin Check today, right? Echo Chamber tomorrow, and another Chin Check on Friday. So, plenty of stuff to look forward to. And go, go check out the old episodes, people, all right? Anyway, people, we're done. Peace.